Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to A Course in Miracles Daily Reading Text Call. And in this holiest of moments, I'm going to skip the announcements and turn it right over to Reverend Regia for a Merry Christmas prayer. Oh, how wonderful. Thank you, Chris. Good morning, everyone. And it's so wonderful to pray together, to be together, to join one another this beautiful morning. And so we'll, uh, we'll come uh, to that stillness and quiet by closing our eyes and drawing within. This is where we join one another in the one mind, the one sonship. There is only one. We are joined. There is no separation. Today, I open my heart to guidance as I learn the meaning of the time of Christ, the true meaning of Christmas. Everywhere today, minds are joined as so many of us are celebrating together. We feel this joining, this uniting with one another. We're opening to receiving the Christ within. Today, what I want to do is bring your words into my heart and truly open to their meaning for my journey here. This is what you tell me in A Course in Miracles. Quote, The sign of Christmas is a star, a light in darkness. See it not outside yourself, but shining in the heaven within, and accept it as the sign the time of Christ has come. He comes demanding nothing. No sacrifice of any kind of anyone is asked of him. In his presence, the whole idea of sacrifice loses all meaning. For he is host to God, and you need but invite him in who is there already by recognizing that his host is one, and no thought alien to his oneness can abide with him there. Love must be total to give him welcome, for the presence of holiness creates the holiness which surrounds it. No fear can touch the host who cradles God in the time of Christ, for the host is as holy as the perfect innocence which he protects and whose power protects him. Unquote. Today, we celebrate the birth of the Son of God within our hearts, for he did not die upon this earth, but lives within. And I hear truth tell me in my soul, quote, Watch with me, angels. Watch with me today. Let all God's holy thoughts surround me and be still with me while heaven's Son is born. Let earthly sounds be quiet, and the sights to which I am accustomed disappear. Let Christ be welcomed where he is at home. Let him hear the sounds he understands and see the sights which show his Father's love. Let him no longer be a stranger here, for he is born again in me today. Your Son is welcome, Father. 
He has come to save me from the evil self I made. He is the self that you have given me. He is but what I really am in truth. He is the son you love above all things. He is myself as you created me. It is not Christ that can be crucified into your world. Let me receive your son. Unquote. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Rija. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Reverend Rija. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Rija. All right. So I have reading Lee, Reverend Rija, Josie, Harrison, Mary. And Fran and Paula are driving, but Paula should be home in 10 minutes, right? Here we go. What is the role of words in healing? Strictly speaking, words play no part at all in healing. The motivating factor is prayer or asking. What you ask for, you receive. But this refers to the prayer of the heart, not the words you use in praying, Sometimes the words in prayer are contradictory, and sometimes they agree. It does not matter. God does not understand words, for they were made by separated minds to keep them in an illusion of separation. And words can be helpful, particularly for the beginner, in helping concentrating, concentration and facilitating the exclusion, or at least the control of extraneous thoughts. And let us not forget, however that words are but symbols of symbols, and they are thus twice removed from reality. Lee, one and two, please. Strictly speaking, words play no part at all in healing. The motivating factor is prayer or asking. What you ask for, you receive. But this refers to the prayer of the heart not to the words you use in praying. Sometimes the words and the prayer are contradictory. Sometimes they agree. It does not matter. God does not understand words, for they were made by separated minds to keep them in the illusion of separation. Words can be helpful, particularly for the beginner, in helping concentration and facilitating the exclusion, or at least the control, of extraneous thoughts. Let us not forget, however, that words are but symbols of symbols. They are thus twice removed from reality. Two, as symbols, words have quite specific references Even when they seem most abstract, the picture that comes to mind is apt to be very concrete. Unless a specific referent does occur to the mind in conjunction with the word, let me begin there again, unless a specific referent does occur to the mind in conjunction with the word, the word has little or no practical meaning and thus cannot help the healing process. The prayer of the heart 
does not really ask for concrete things. It always requests some kind of experience. The specific things asked for being the bringers of the desired experience in the judgment of the asker. The words, then, are symbols for the things asked for. But the things themselves but stand for the experiences which are hoped for. Thank you, Lee. Reverend Rita, two and three, please. Mm-hmm. Okay, two. As symbols, words have quite specific references. Even when they seem most abstract, the picture that comes to mind is apt to be very concrete. Unless a specific referent does occur to the mind in conjunction with the word, the word has little or no practical meaning and thus cannot help the healing process. The prayer of the heart does not really ask for concrete things. It always requires some kind of experience. The specific things asked for being the bringers of the desired experience in the judgment of the asker. The words, then, are symbols for the things asked for, but the things themselves but stand for the experience which are hoped for. Mm. Three, the prayer for things of this world will bring experiences of this world. If the prayer of the heart asks for this, this will be given because this will be received. It is impossible that the prayer of the heart remain unanswered in the perception of the one who asks. If he asks for the impossible, if he wants what does not exist or seeks for illusions in his heart, all this becomes his own. The power of his decision offers it to him as he requests. Herein lie hell and heaven. The sleeping Son of God has but this power left to him. It is enough. His words do not matter. Only the word of God has any meaning because it symbolizes that which has no human symbols at all. The Holy Spirit alone understands what this word stands for, and this too is enough. Hmm. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Josie, three and four, please. The prayer for things of this world will bring it of this world. If the prayer of the heart asks for this, this will be given because this will be received. It is impossible that the prayer of the heart remain unanswered in the perception of the one who asks. If he asks for the impossible, if he wants what does not exist, or seeks for illusions in his heart, all this becomes his own. The power of his decision offers it to him as he requests. Herein, by hell and heaven, the sleeping Son of God has but this power left to him. It is enough. His words do not matter. Only the word of God has any meaning because it symbolizes 
that which has no human symbols at all. The Holy Spirit alone understands what this word stands for. And this, too, is enough. Four. Is the teacher of God, then, to avoid the use of words in his teaching? No, indeed. There are many who must be reached to words, being as yet unable to hear in silence. The teacher of God must, however, learn to use words in a new way. Gradually, he learns how to let his words be chosen for him by ceasing to decide for himself what he will say. This process is merely a special case of the workbook lesson. Quote, I will step back and let him lead the way. The teacher of God accepts the words which are offered him and gives as he receives. He does not control the direction of his speaking. He listens and hears and speaks. Thank you, Josie. Harrison, four and five, please. Is the teacher of God then to avoid the use of words in his teaching? No, indeed. There are many who must be reached through words, being as yet unable to hear in silence. The teacher of God must, however, learn to use words in a new way. Gradually, he learns how to let his words be chosen for him by ceasing to decide for himself what he will say. This process is merely a special case of the workbook lesson. I will step back and let him lead the way. The teacher of God accepts the words which are offered him and gives as he receives. He does not control the direction of his speaking. He listens and hears and speaks. Five, a major hindrance in this aspect of his learning is the teacher of God's fear about the validity of what he hears. And what he hears may indeed be quite startling. It may also seem to be quite irrelevant to the presented problem as he perceives it, and may, in fact, confront him with a situation that appears to be very embarrassing. All these judgments which have no value, all these are judgments which have no value. They are his own coming from a shabby self-perception that he would leave behind. Just not the words that come to you, but offer them in confidence. They are far wiser than your own. God's teachers have God's words behind their symbols. 
And he himself gives to the words they use the power of his spirit, raising them from meaningless symbols to the call of heaven itself. Thank you, Harrison. And Mary, five, please. A major hindrance in this aspect of his learning is the teacher of God's fear about the validity of what he hears. And what he hears may indeed be quite startling. It may also seem to be quite irrelevant to the presented problem as he perceives it and may, in fact, confront him with a situation that appears to be very embarrassing. All these are judgments which have no value. They are his own, coming from a shabby self-perception that he would leave behind. Judge not the words that come to you, but offer them in confidence. They are far wiser than your own. God's teachers have God's word behind their symbols. And he himself gives to the words they use the power of his spirit, raising them from meaningless symbols to the call of heaven itself. Thank you, Mary. Well, that concludes the first half. Let's open the floor and talk. This is Harrison. You know, as one who has gotten up and spoken in front of groups of people, um, this idea that the teacher of God really doesn't plan uh, what he's going to say because it's really not him speaking. <laughs> Basically, the teacher of God is a conduit for the Holy Spirit uh, to speak and from a purely human perspective, it's kind of a scary thing. Uh, as one who has gotten up and spoken before groups of people, and uh, I prepared feverishly for those presentations, even written out my whole presentation because of the the fear of getting up there and not saying what I should say. And what this is telling me is no, no preparation whatsoever. You just get up there and let the Holy Spirit speak through you and trust that what he is telling you and what you're saying is what is needed, what is necessary uh, to be said. Uh, this is, uh, I think, 
just um, it's a liberating way of approaching it. I was talking to my friend Charles, and Charles speaks quite a bit at a couple of Unity churches in the area. And I asked him, I said, okay, do you prepare what you're going to say? He says, I used to, but I don't anymore. He says, I just let it come through me. And because he's had so much experience now at doing that, he's perfectly comfortable with that. And I think that's what this is saying. It also talks about words and the place of words. Um, you know, we place a lot of emphasis on words in our world. And uh, to know that they are but symbols of symbols. They are, are references to something else. And uh, the, the, the meaning we place on words or our reactions to words um, are, it has created problems for us because we take the meaning of these words, we take these words literally, and we react to the literal meaning of these words, and we forget that they're symbols. Uh, so there's a lot more in this little section, but uh, I think I'll shut up. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Happy Christmas, everybody. For Ida. Um, I just came in when Harrison was talking. So I'm sure that what was read in the manual had something to do with that. And I just have to say, at this point, I really want to say, rather than the biggest problem in my life as far as my true self and my what I'm here to do has been concerned, has been my fear of speaking the truth. And even long before I came across the Course in Miracles, when I was studying another, I was studying a metaphysical teaching, even as a child, I was afraid to speak the truth, what I considered to be the truth at the time to other children, because I was afraid they wouldn't understand, they would tease me, they would put me down, or whatever it is. It was like I came in with this from, from the past, the, the unreal past, and but it really seemed to be like that when I'm, you know, looking back on it because I was still so young, like, you know, 11, 10, or 11 years old. And um, all these years, that fear has haunted me through my speaking my emotional truth, even my emotional truth, even what I really thought about the world, and, of course, spiritual truth, and gradually, gradually now, um, oh, yeah, I mean, I could say it in study groups where I knew that everybody would be, you know, preaching, you know, preaching to the choir. But now, 
Now, just very gradually, I'm taking little dips of my toes in the water, of speaking of, speaking the truth, and you know, I just hope to God that soon and easily that I can get over this fear, so that my life won't be wasted, and I can do, you know, like the teaching that well, I'm going to start next week, so it will be more and easy because, again, it's like because I'm holding a class once a month for teaching A Course in Miracles. So the people that come will be interested to hear Course in Miracles and what we have a book to all read together. Even if they don't have one, I can pass mine around. But uh, just out in quote-unquote regular life. And and so that's my uh, thing about me, what I'm saying today. And thank you all for your support. I, I just feel like I need to say amen. I'm complete. Well, that was a great chair, Ida. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. You're welcome. Thanks, Ida. This is Wendy. And I know how challenging it can be to just be honest and be yourself, and especially with a big group of people. You know, it always, it, it can feel risky. And this is a great forum for assisting each other and getting over any sense of I could make a mistake and maybe cut be cut from the group, you know, that that isn't really the way we operate. And uh, it's good for us to learn that lesson for ourselves and then to offer that truth to others. So I'm grateful for your being on the phone and I'm sure your class will be a divine one and complete. Oh thank you so much, Wendy. Bless you. Thank you, Wendy. This is Reverend Rita Joy. And uh, this, that's perfect idea that you bring that up, the, the, you know, perhaps some of the, the fears that might, uh, might come up when we, as you said, speak the truth. And, you know, I think that's a perfect, um, perfect thing to bring up in light of what we, what we just read. Because uh, the sense I got from what we just read is that, um, look at the very first sentence, strictly speaking, words play no part at all in healing. And so I'm thinking, well, why do we come together in groups to support one another? Uh, the purpose for me is, is healing, healing the uh, separation and healing the illusion and, and really choosing forgiveness. And forgiveness is seeing what is real in ourselves and each other. And I... I hear him saying in this section that it's an experience uh, and uh, it doesn't uh, need any words at all. And I learned over the years in my groups, um, in the groups that I participated in, that, and I, the groups that I facilitated, that um, I used to think that I needed to uh, sort of uh, control how the group went and uh, that kind of thing. And, and I've learned over the years that if, if I sit back and, and listen, the words will be given me as uh, Harrison was sharing and I will have no fear. The fear is of my limited self. I believe that it, it's a, a fear of, of failing always comes from my limited self. But when I, and in the next section we'll see as well, as I choose the atonement for myself, then I get out, I move my limited self out of the way, and then 
uh, the fear subsides, actually it disappears, and the words will be given because they're the word, it's the word of God that will be given. So I, uh, that, that any kind of trepidation comes when I am depending on the strength of my limited self. So the big thing is to let go <laughs> and let God in all things all things and at all times <laughs> no matter what role I seem to be playing I hope uh, I, I I wish you well you will do wonderful I'm sure because in your healing is uh, the healing of uh, of everyone I'm complete thank you thank you <clears throat> Reverend Regis bless you honey I I I love to hear, you know, these kind of words from you. It's just so encouraging. I'm complete. Thank you, Reverend Regent. Thank you, Reverend Regent. As there are no words to really describe my gratitude for all, I'm so grateful Wendy's here. And then Wendy, I was thinking of you last night. And I'm wondering if you would sing us a carol to transition us over to the next section of 21 that we're going to read. If you all sing with me. I feel like you represent the angels when you sing. <laughs> well, I'm just getting over bronchitis, so it may not be quite that accurate. Hold on a second. Great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what would be a good one? Well, last night I went to a service and they were in um, a little town of Bethlehem. The, the first verse just reminds me of how we all fell asleep. Mm. Yeah, I don't have any words here. Well, I guess I do not. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see the light above thy deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by, yet in the dark street shineth the everlasting light sorry kind of lost the last words <laughs> perfect thank you it's so beautiful beautiful <laughs> Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. The Merry hopes Wendy, and, thank you. Thank you, Wendy. Merry the Christmas. The hopes and fears of all the years. Oh, how that that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said Clarice to join you, but I couldn't make her. I couldn't get her to be confident enough. Oh, we were joining. We were, we were joining you, but uh, she was just at the edge, and she didn't quite feel confident enough. But we were with you. Thank you very much. 
Oh, how beautiful. Thank you. Thank Merry you. Christmas, Thank you. Rob. Merry Christmas, Merry please. Christmas. She, she's gone back to cooking, but, <laughs> you know, um, uh, yeah, so close. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh. So wonderful right. that you have a loving wife to be by your side, Rob, and help you in life. Um, partner, partner. Oh, okay, partner. It's the same to me if two people are committed. Uh, I've been changing my mind about the legal, you know, the legal office of marriage, and I don't think that's necessarily people, you know, that I have to have that anymore, like perhaps I did when I was young. And as long as people love each other and commit to each other, they have a ceremony and the, and the community celebrates, and, you know, that's it. That's, that's really it. And God knows or God celebrates or Jesus or whatever, you know. I'm You're convinced. right. You're right. You're wonderful. It's wonderful to have a partner that you can count on for all the things that you don't have ready. Um, it's it's like having your beingness filled out by the other person when you when you are seeing each other in a loving way. Thank you. Right. You got anything you could sing them for the Christmas? Sorry, didn't hear that. I don't think so. I think I think Rob's asking Clarice about. Yeah, I just was asking. I hoped I was covering the phone enough, but I, apparently I wasn't. I was asking Clarice, is there anything she would like to sing for all of us? Because she's a beautiful singer. And and if we give her a little time, she'll come up with something. Oh, good. We just well, have to be we'll... patient. <laughs> okay. Let's um we have a we have the next section to read. So let's get let's move. so Mary, would you please read twenty two in paragraph one, please? Yeah, Chris is pull. I'm back. I'm sorry I couldn't get on earlier. Okay, great. Uh twenty two, how are healing and atonement related? One, healing and atonement are not related. They are identical. There is no order of difficulty in miracles because there are no degrees of atonement. It is the one complete concept possible in this world because it is the source of a holy, unified perception. Partial atonement is a meaningless idea just as special areas of hell in heaven is inconceivable. Accept atonement and you are healed. Atonement is the word of God. Accept his word and what remains to make sickness possible. Accept his word and every miracle has been accomplished. To forgive is to heal. The teacher of God has taken accepting the atonement for himself 
as his only function. What is there, then, he cannot heal? What miracle can be withheld from him? Thank you, Mary. Paula, one and two, please. Healing and atonement, atonement are not related. They are, they are identical. There is no order of difficulty in miracles because there are no degrees of atonement. It is the one complete concept possible in this world because it is the source of holy, unified perception. Partial atonement is a meaningless idea, just as special areas of hell in heaven is inconceivable. Accept atonement, and you are healed. Atonement is the word of God. Accept his word, and what remains to make sickness possible. Accept his word, and every miracle has been accomplished. To forgive is to heal. The teacher of God has taken accepting the atonement for himself as his only function. What is there then he cannot heal? What miracle can he withhold from him? Third, two. The progress of the teacher of God may be slow or rapid, depending on whether he recognizes the atonement's inclusiveness or for a time excludes some problem areas from it. In some cases, there is a sudden and complete awareness of the perfect perfect applicability of the lesson of the atonement to all situations. This, however, is incomprehensibly rare. The teacher of God may have accepted the function God has given him long before he has learned all that his acceptance holds out to him. It is only the end that is certain. Every, anywhere along the way, the necessary realization of inconclusiveness may reach him. If the way seems long, let him be content. He has decided on the direction he will take. What more was asked of him? And having done what was required, would God withhold the rest? Thank you, Paula. So do we have any new readers that would like to join the reading list? Merry Christmas. I'm not going to be reading, but I am listening. Hi, Sharon. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Hi, I'm Bernard, and I like to write, read. Hi, Bernard. Merry Christmas. Two and three, please. Okay. Two. The progress of the teacher of God may be slow or rapid, depending on whether he recognizes the atonement's inclusiveness or for the time excludes some problems, areas from it. In some case, there is a sudden and complete awareness of the perfect applicability of the lesson of the atonement to all situations. But this is a comparatively rare. The teacher of God may have accepted the function God has given him long, long before he has learned all that his acceptance, his acceptance holds out to him. It is only the end that is certain. 
anywhere along the way that the necessary realization of the inclusiveness may reach him. If the way seems long, let him be content. He has decided on the direction he wants to take. What more was asked of him? And having done what has required, would God withhold the rest? The forgiveness is healing. That forgiveness is healing. Healing needs to be understood. If the teacher of God is to make progress, the idea that a body can be sick is a central concept in the ego's thought system. This thought gives the body autonomy, separates it from the mind, and keeps the idea of attack inviolate. If the body can't, if the body could be sick, atonement would be impossible. A body that, a body that can order a mind to do as it sees fit could merely take the place of God and prove salvation is impossible. What then is left to heal? The body has become Lord of the mind. How could the mind be returned to the Holy Spirit unless the body is killed? And who would salvation as such a price? Thank you, Bernard. Um, any new readers, please, for three and four? I can read. Hi, friend. Are you okay, driving? Okay. No, I'm on the side of the road because I want to read. Okay. okay. <laughs> three and four. Right. The prayer for things of this world will bring experiences of this world. If the prayer of the heart asks for this, this will be given. Sorry to interrupt. We're on 22. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. That was a good one, though. (laughs) That forgiveness is healing needs to be understood if the teacher of God is to make progress. The idea that a body can be sick is a central concept in the ego's thought system. This thought gives the body autonomy, autonomy, separates it from the mind, and keeps the idea of attack inviolate. If the body could be sick, atonement would be impossible. A body that can order a mind to do as it sees fit would merely take the place of God and prove salvation is impossible. What then is left to heal? The body has become lord of the mind. How could the mind be returned to the Holy Spirit unless the body is killed? And who would want salvation at such a price? Four. Certainly sickness does not appear to be a decision, nor would anyone actually believe he wants to be sick. Perhaps he can accept the idea in theory, but it is rarely, if ever, consistently applied to all specific forms of sickness, both in the individual's perception of himself and of all others as well. Nor is it at this level that the teacher of God calls forth the miracle of healing. He overlooks the mind and body, 
seeing only the face of Christ shining in front of him, correcting all mistakes and healing all perception. Healing is the result of the recognition by God's teacher of who it is that uh, is in need of healing. This recognition has no special reference. It is true of all things that God created. In it are all illusions healed. Thank you, Fran. Uh, let's see. Lee, four and five, please. Certainly sickness does not appear to be a decision nor would anyone actually believe he wants to be sick. Perhaps he can accept the idea in theory, but it is rarely, if ever, consistently applied to all specific forms of sickness, both in the individual's perception of himself and of all others as well. Nor is it at this level that the teacher of God calls forth the miracle of healing. He overlooks the mind and body, seeing only the face of Christ shining in front of him, correcting all mistakes and healing all perception. Healing is the result of the recognition by God's teacher of who it is that is in need of healing. This recognition has no special reference. It is true of all things that God created. In it are all illusions healed. Five. When a teacher of God fails to heal, it is because he has forgotten who he is. Another's sickness thus becomes his own. In allowing this to happen, he has identified with another's ego and has thus confused him with a body. In so doing, he has refused to accept the atonement for himself and can hardly offer it to his brother in Christ's name. He will in fact be unable to recognize his brother at all, for his father did not create bodies. And so he is seeing in his brother, only the unreal. Mistakes do not correct mistakes. And distorted perception does not heal. Step back now, teacher of God. You have been wrong. Lead not the way, for you have lost it. Turn quickly to your teacher and let yourself be healed. Thank you, Lee. Reverend Regis, five and six, please. Mm-hmm. Okay, five. Uh, when a teacher of God fails to heal, it is because he has forgotten who he is. Another sickness thus becomes his own. In allowing this to happen, he has identified with another's ego and thus has confused him with a body. In so doing, he has refused to accept the atonement for himself and can hardly offer it to his brother in Christ's name. He will, in fact, be unable to recognize his brother at all, for his father did not create bodies. And so he is seeing in his brother only the unreal. Mistakes do not correct mistakes, and distorted perception does not heal. 
Step back now, teacher of God. You have been wrong. Lead not the way, for you have lost it. Turn quickly to your teacher and let yourself be healed. Six, the offer of atonement is universal. It is equally applicable to all individuals in all circumstances. And in it is the power to heal all individuals of all forms of sickness. Not to believe this is to be unfair to God and thus unfaithful to Him. A sick person perceives himself as separate from God. Would you see Him as separate from you? It is your task to heal the sense of separation that has made Him sick. It is your function to recognize for Him that what He believes about Himself is not the truth. It is your forgiveness that must show him this. Healing is very simple. Atonement is received and offered. Having been received, it must be accepted. It is in the receiving then that healing lies. All else must follow from this single purpose. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Josie, six and seven, please. Six. The offer of atonement is universal. It is equally applicable to all individuals in all circumstances. And in it is the power to heal all individuals of all forms of sickness. Not to believe this is to be unfair to God and thus unfaithful to him. A sick person perceives himself as separate from God. Would you see him as separate from you? It is your task to heal the sense of separation that has made him sick. It is your function to recognize for him that which he believes about himself is not the truth. It is your forgiveness that must show him this. Healing is very simple. Atonement is received and offered. Having been received, it must be accepted. It is in the receiving, then, that healing lies. All else must follow from this single purpose. Seven. Who can limit the power of God himself? Who then can say who can be healed of what and what must remain beyond God's power to forgive. This is insanity indeed. It is not up to God's teachers to set limits upon him because it is not up to them to judge his son. And to judge his son is to limit his father. Both are equally meaningless. 
Yet this will not be understood until God's teachers teacher recognizes that they are the same mistake. Herein does he receive atonement. For he withdraws his judgment from the Son of God, accepting him as God created him. No longer does he stand apart from God, determining where healing should be given and where it should be withheld. Now can he say with God, This is my beloved Son, created perfect and forever so. Thank you, Josie. And Harrison 7, please. Oops, sorry. Who can limit the power of God himself? Who then can say, who can be healed of what, and what must be remain beyond God's power to forgive? This is insanity indeed. It is not up to God's teachers to set limits upon him because it is not up to them to judge his son. And to judge his son is to limit his father. Both are equally meaningless. Yet this will not be understood until God's teacher recognizes that they are the same mistake. Herein does he receive atonement, for he withdraws his judgment from the Son of God, accepting him as God created him. No longer does he stand apart from God, determining where healing should be given and where it should be withheld. Now, can he say with God, quote, this is my beloved son, created perfect and forever so, close quote. Thank you, Harrison. Reverend Regia, how about a prayer to open the floor? Sure. We'll just uh, close our eyes and, and pray together. We'll become quiet. We'll move to that center of our being, that core. That is where we know that we are innocent. The judgment God's places upon us is right there. The only judgment there is is that we are sinless and guiltless and so are our brothers. When we accept the word of God, that is the atonement and that's the healing. The only problem is separation, but there is no separation. When I know that, I am healed and I can heal. I can see my brother as he is, I can see the face of Christ shining right in front of me. That's the healing. That's why I have come to remember who I am and who my brother is. 
what else could be my function? In this I find the peace of God. That is my function. That's my goal. And so this day, this Christmas day, I let the Christ be reborn in me. I let the remembrance of who I am come forward and light everything. That's the star, that light of innocence. That's what I share. We, we, children of God, are the light of the world. We are that shining star. We can do it. We are here to shine a light in the seeming dark. All tears will go because we will be remembering home, the home we never left. This we do today. Every second, every holy instant, we choose that light to show us the way. We are grateful today and every day. And so it is. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful, Reverend Rita. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Thank you. Thank you. And Merry Christmas, everyone. I need to run. Lee, can I turn the controls over to you? Certainly. All right. Bye, everyone. Merry Merry Christmas, Christmas, Chris. Chris. Merry Christmas. Bye, Chris. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. All right, then. The floor is open. So everybody we see is sick. We're all sick. We're all sick until we accept atonement for ourselves doesn't matter the form of the sickness. We're all sick until we accept atonement for ourselves. Until we can say, with God, this is my beloved son created perfect and forever so. How wonderful to know that it really is that simple. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. This is Reverend Richard Joy and, uh, What comes to me is a call to see my brother as he is right now. Because as I see him, I see myself. And there is no time. I'm I'm not waiting for something to happen. I let all things be exactly as they are. And as they are is perfect. Right now, right here. He asked me today, Would you see him as separate from you? This is in six, in the middle. It is your task to heal the sense of separation that has made him sick. And I'm choosing to do that today, to heal the separation that has 
brought the sickness to myself and my brother. It isn't so. I do not make it real in I choose in any moment I want, any holy instant, to forgive, which means to see what is truly going on, what is truly there. He said, the only judgment is my brother is sinless. So I choose today to look out on a world redeemed. My brother is sinless. No matter what he's thinking he is, I open to the truth because that's my function because as I see him I'll see myself so I open to the truth the word of God is the truth about who I am what a miracle in this world to do that because when I do I turn and I reflect that light I reflect back to my brother who he is and that's the atonement it's already happened it's already so. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, you two. Boy, this was really something. This is Ida. Um, hope I didn't step on anybody's toes by jumping in like that. Um, my quest to find out what healing is, really, as defined to the Course, uh, I really don't think I got it all, got it at all before in the 90s when I was studying it for several years because I just don't remember because if I would have really got it before, I would have had it by now when we started, but but no, I mean, obviously at some point I was thinking it was the body, then, you know, I heard you can't, if you, you know, it's like you don't make error real. So you can't, like, go, oh, you're sick, so let me send you Reiki or whatever that I learned and heal somebody that way, not true healing. So then I thought, oh, okay, I know. ACAM is saying, just saying it's the mind. It's the mind. So we have to say the truth and, you know, pray for the person and not repeat the healing. We have to have faith that it's, and just don't even see what's going on with the body. It's the mind. And now... Like I'm hearing that no, it's not even on that level. It's the spirit, and it's not their spirit. <laughs> it's like I have to go around. Well, the other day, I, I after we all talked, I thought, well, I have to go around. What I should really do is just go around 24/7, whatever else I'm doing, and just keep thinking of everybody in the world that just you know are one minute to this world, but and the planet herself as being holy and healed. A priori, you know, what you said like in the first place. And now it's like today I'm even learning, hi baby, I'm even learning more, uh, except I like to hear it kind of repeated again or explained or something because of now I'm still feeling like I don't totally get it. So anyway, thank you so much, and I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Rob, are you about to come back to the line? I'm trying to keep the line open and talk to Clarice at the same time about what you wanted to do with the song. So I'm, right. I'm sort of in the background trying to stay out of it. <laughs> okay. Um, 
so I'm not sure whether we're waiting for. Uh, then did you want to did you want to mute for just a little bit until you get that worked out, or are you ready to share? No, I'll mute. Okay, floor is open. So it said that everybody like is sick, no matter what it looks like on the outer eyes, until they've accepted the atonement. So, I'm supposed to ask Jesus every day what miracles to perform and all that. So, um, everybody's sick until they accept it. Okay. And so Jesus knows what miracles I'm supposed to perform. I don't know. Now now I don't even know how to phrase the question. I'm not sure what question I'm I'm trying to ask, but, but then again, maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> I'm complete. Yeah, and you're perfectly on target. This is Rob. You're perfectly on target. The place you're supposed to be is right where you are, and you're seeing things correctly, but you just haven't worked out exactly how to do that in your daily life yet. And you, that, will come, that will come to you. You're in a perfect position. You needn't worry about it. The Holy Spirit will give you directions as you ask for it. And you will be guided to treat each person, each situation, exactly the way it's supposed to be treated by a daughter of God. You mustn't worry. You're on perfect, you're on perfect track. You're not confused. It's just the situation at the moment, integrating with a whole group of people, and it's perfect. Don't worry. I'm complete. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I love you, Rob. You're so wonderful. I'm so happy that we share a, a birthday. And uh, thanks again, everybody. I'm complete. It could be helpful. Um, the uh, The idea that we're all sick, I guess, would be a... Um, one order of of a way of restating that we're all blind or that we're all just a little mad he speaks pretty freely of the of of our present madness as a result of leaning so heavily on uh, the ego thought system relating to this world from the standpoint of the wrong mind but there's something about this section for me that suggests that what I come to with this atonement and the healing of my mind is a vision or a waking to what I had always denied or been blind to. So if I say we're all blind until we see, that's not a difficult idea. Or we're all just a little touched right until until we gain some clarity we're all just a little whacked until we gain some clarity and then with that clarity comes an increasing awareness of all that we had been blind to then the idea of sickness for me and the idea of healing 
has much more to do with, especially as applied to what I'm asked to do as a teacher of God, the idea of healing applied to sickness has to do with my being able, in the presence of anyone I encounter, to share all that I both already know and have been led to by Holy Spirit to understand of my truth so that my truth is reflected for the other but also um, well honestly I looked at the clock and and uh, and I don't recall what what more I was going to say there it's um, time for me to close so um, I do want to leave it open for additional comments and if it's okay with everyone we could perhaps run it uh, five or seven minutes over kind of keep it to that but I'd love to hear from some that we haven't heard from and let me just say that the way my mind sets the idea of atonement with healing and sickness is that he is speaking when he asks me to be as a teacher of God to be a healer um, my feeling is that that healing applies both to the mind as well as to forms of illness that I see forms of bodily illness that I see in another brother that to believe that it's the body that gets sick is where the thought reversal has happened that empowers the body to tell me what I'm going to experience if he wants me to know it's always the mind that was sick and has directed the body to express an illness that's a huge huge thought if I think the body's going to be on about what it does and there's no participation on the mental level then that's what he's referring to when he says for you to think the body can be sick gives the body undue credit in terms of determining what unfolds the power of the mind um, um, charged with the atonement leads to healing and it's healing across all levels and I don't see a distinction between them healing where it applies touches first the mind and outward from there anyway I'm complete Thank you. Thank you. Lee. And my partner and I have um, managed to work out a performance capability here, so when anyone wants a Christmas song, she's ready. You just tell us when. That's so cool. Well, why don't we invite um, another a burning share? Um, would love to hear from someone uh, that perhaps has been waiting to share and then we'll turn it over to you Robin Clarice for having our closing prayer so let's just well, open now. I have a closing prayer as well <laughs> so oh, that's a song. Oh, yeah you meant a song closing song <laughs> cool I was going to suggest if they wanted to do this song, then I would turn it over to you for your closing prayer. Does that work for you? 
Yeah, that sounds okay. perfect. A song right. and a prayer. <laughs> a song and a prayer. <laughs> we end this day on a song and a prayer. Okay. Okay, here's Clarice with uh, what we figure is an appropriate song for Christmas Day. It's an old Peter, Paul, and Mary song. Hey-ho, nobody home. Food, nor drink, nor money have I none. Yet we be merry, merry. Hey-ho, nobody home. Join in if you know it. Soul, soul, soul cake. Please, good missus, a soul cake. Apple, pear, plum, cherry, any good thing to make us all merry. One for Peter, two for Paul, three for him who made us all. God bless the master of this house and the mistress also, and all the little children who round the table grow. The cattle in your stable, the dog by your front door, and all who dwell within your house, we wish you ten times more. Oh, soul, soul, soul cake, please, good missus, a soul cake. Apple, a pear, a plum, a cherry, any good thing to make us all merry. One for Peter, two for Paul, three for him who made us all. Go down into your cellar and see what you can find. If the barrels are not empty, I hope you will be kind. I hope you will be kind with your apple and strawberry. Oh, we'll come no more caroling this time next year. Oh, soul, soul, soul cake. Please, good missus, a soul cake. Apple, pear, plum, cherry, any good thing to make us all merry. One for Peter, two for Paul, three for him who made us all. The streets are very dirty, my clothes are very thin. I have a little pocket to put a penny in. If you haven't got a penny, an eight penny will do. If you haven't got an eight penny, then God bless you. Oh, so, 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 okay. Please get Mrs. So, okay. Apple, a pear, a plum, a cherry, and a good thing to make us all merry. One for Peter, two for Paul, three for him who made us all. Now to the Lord sing praises, all you within this place, and with two love and brotherhood each other now embrace the holy tide of Christmas beauty and of grace. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. That was fun. Thank you, Clarice. Thank you, Clarice. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, everybody. Come back. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> oh, wait, here. Here's Rob. He's on the other phone. Yeah, I've been, I haven't, I um, get all these Christmas songs together from my group. And nice. um, so I had them all lined up. <laughs> That you. was wonderful. Thanks so yeah. much. Thank you. Enjoy your day. You too. All right. Well, thank you, Rob, for um, for the gift of that song, for uh, thinking of Clarice. We we don't have a smartphone, you see. With we don't have a speakerphone or anything. So I was the uh, sound technician uh, at that juncture. <laughs> I yeah, was holding the phone out. for Clarice to play. Just great. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out just great. Thank you.
Let's, at this time, turn it over to Reverend Richa to lead us out with a closing. Okay. Well, um, we'll just uh, join once again as we close our time together on this beautiful Christmas morning. And uh, we'll close our eyes and we'll, we'll come to prayer. Perhaps first uh, a returning to some of the things that we have learned today. We, uh, we were asked today about the, the, the role of words in healing. I mean, this, was our, this was our question in the manual. And I heard that words aren't needed at all. All that's needed is prayer. But it's a prayer of the heart. I can use words in a prayer, but the real prayer comes from my heart does not ask for anything concrete the words I pray may ask they might ask for specific things but it is the experience that they stand for that is truly prayed for today I pray to know the word of God for quote the teacher of God accepts the words which are offered him and gives as he receives He does not control the direction of his speaking. He listens and hears and speaks. I will trust the words I receive today and give as I receive. Who am I to question love's messages? And then we were reading about healing and atonement and Love's messages came to me about, about healing and atonement and how they're related. And I learned immediately that they're not related. They're identical. Atonement is, quote, the one complete concept possible in this world because it is the source of a wholly unified perception. Partial atonement is a meaningless idea, unquote. So what is atonement? Healing is the atonement, and the atonement is the Word of God. When I accept the Word of God, I am healed of all illusion, since, quote, to forgive is to heal, unquote. Forgiveness is the truth about reality and is the Word of God. What has time to do with the eternal? What process still needs to be done once I have opened to and accepted the word of God? Quote, accept his word, every miracle has been accomplished. Unquote. And yet, if I do see it as a process and think it will take, quote unquote, time, I will be content in knowing even though I have decided the direction I would take, the ending is certain. Even though all sickness is a decision, today I learned that in healing, God's teachers overlook both the mind and the body and look only on the face of Christ, which corrects all mistakes and heals all misperceptions. Quote, healing is the result of the recognition by God's teachers of who it is that is in need of healing. This recognition has no special reference. It is true of all things that God created. 
in it are all illusions healed. And so we pray, Father, Mother, God, you are teaching me of healing today. I am your student, and I am open and willing to learn the truth. When I accept the atonement, which is healing for myself, I have accepted the word of God about who I am. It is only then that I can turn and look upon who my brother is as well. You tell me, quote, the offer of atonement is universal. It is equally applicable to all individuals in all circumstances, unquote. There is no circumstance in which the word of God is excluded for inclusion is the meaning of atonement. I am here to heal the separation. And so I close this prayer with your words. Quote, A sick person perceives himself as separate from God. Would you see him as separate from you? It is your task to heal the sense of separation that has made him sick. It is your function to recognize for him that what he believes about himself is not the truth. It is your forgiveness that must show him this. Healing is very simple. Atonement is received and offered. Now can he say with God, quote, This is my beloved Son, created perfect and forever so. Unquote. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Blessed day, you all. Enjoy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye. Have a wonderful Christmas, everyone. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Peace, joy, and love.